there. Welcome to episode 50 ding, 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 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. On this show, we review three albums at random at a time and hilarious. With, from an inherited record collection. For, yeah, that's right, with hilarious results. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you're Vicky. And you're Douglas. I am. Uh, how, you do- got me there. <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing okay. <clears throat> Good. How about you? All right, surviving, I guess. <laughs> Just not going outside and staying inside and <coughs> listening to music. So, um, coughing into your shirt. Coughing into my shirt, being safe. Coughing into my shirt and keeping it away, so we don't get the COVIDs in our eyes and butts. Um, Thank you. So, on episode fifty, what do you have for us there, Vicky? <laughs> if that is your real name. Uh, today we have Led Zeppelin presence. Mm. Electric Light Orchestra, a New World Record, mm-hmm. and Foghat, their album called Foghat. Foghat, self-titled. Hashtag self-titled. Uh, before we get into it, um, if you found us already, good for you. We're on Spotify's, Anchors, Instagrams, and Twitters. Uh, Instagram is just reviews from the crawl space is one word. Twitter is RFTCS1, and that's where you can find us when we post post various stuff in those locations. And uh, you mentioned Instagram and... Uh, the Instagram I already said already, and Anchor and Spotify Anchor. and Apple and Google's. Yeah, and yeah. Well, if you found us, though, good for you. You've, you've made it. You're there. So Sorry there's no prize. Yeah, the prize <laughs> is you get to listen to us talk about these albums. Because <laughs> who doesn't want more opinion from people these days? We've definitely, not had to, definitely never heard enough opinion from middle-aged white people. We give a lot of facts, too. <laughs> Hashtag facts. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, first album up, Led mm. Zeppelin, Presence. Um, we've talked about Led Zeppelin before, so I won't go into too much detail about who they are. A few times, actually, yeah. Led Zeppelin were an English rock band formed in London in 1968. Presence was their seventh studio album, released in 1976. It... <laughs> I thought the dates were backwards there. <laughs> Uh, It received mixed reviews from critics and was their lowest-selling album. Despite this, though, the album was a commercial success and reached the top of both the British and American album charts, and it went triple platinum in the U.S., which means three million copies sold. So there's some cool things about this album Mm -hmm. that I'll get into, I guess. It was recorded in 1975, and Robert Plant was recovering from a serious injury after a car crash. The tour was cancelled, so they decided to get into the studio. The entire album was completed in just a few weeks. Only one song um, on this album had input from the whole band, which was different from what normally happened. Uh, Page and Plant wrote the rest. There's no keyboards on this album, very little acoustic guitar, because Robert Plant was still recuperating from this accident, mm-hmm. so he couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't tour to promote the album because of Plant's injuries. Yeah, and I want to put some context on some of that, too. Was that he was injured in a car crash in Greece. They were at the height of their power. Like, this is, like, peak fucking Zep, and they're at... They're doing the tour supporting physical graffiti, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and this, this crapped out. It really, I mean... End up really fucking with their heads, especially Plant, yeah. mostly because now he's like, well, "Oh shit, what's 
a near-death experience. Yeah, yeah. It's like, kind oh, of shit. Puts what, things in perspective. What are my priorities here? What am I doing? Yeah. And then because of his self-tax exile that a lot of them did because they didn't want to pay taxes to uh, the government. So he was outside of the country away from his family. So that's where it really plays into the flavor of this album. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Definitely. Which is a very different album, surprisingly. Um, so I guess you want to go and are you uh, doing the tracks? Uh, yeah, the producer on this album oh, was Jimmy Page. Yeah. He's the one that spent the majority of the time in there. Yeah. Um, doing the engineering on the album in the uh, studio. Uh, the track listing, Achilles' Last Stand, For Your Life, Royal Orleans. Side two is Nobody's Fault But Mine, Candy Store Rock, Hots On, Hots on For Nowhere, and Tea For One. The only single from this album was Candy Store Rock. What? That is not a song I would have picked for a fucking single off this album. No, and I totally agree with you, but that's the single, <laughs> but that's the that single that they, yeah. Okay. And the runtime of the album is 44 minutes and 19 seconds. Hmm. So context for this album is the album before, as you mentioned, yeah. was Physical Graffiti, Graffiti, recorded in 1975. And the album after this was The Song Remains the Same, which was a live album concert footage recorded in 1973 that was released in 1976. Oh, okay. And that was, so obviously that wasn't a studio album. No, what was, what was the next studio album? You said, uh, do you have the next studio album written down? I don't, I didn't write it down, no, but they only did one more after, remember we talked about it? Yeah, we day. did. I'm trying to think about, uh, you said Song Remains the Same is the live stuff. Yeah, wow. it was yeah. live one recorded yeah, yeah. in 1973. Okay, so uh, what would you think of the album? I loved it. Yeah, it's... um. um yeah. I had never, ever, ever heard of the album before. Oh, really, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, presents, I was like... Led Zeppelin Presents? What is this? <laughs> uh, what? So, yeah. Because all of their al other albums were so very famous, right? Well, for sure. And this one, now, like... For me, I mean, I'm with you. I love it. I listen to it a lot. This album specifically, uh, this copy of it a lot. I used to drop the needle on it as a kid all the time. And I never really realized until listening to it now just how different it was from the other Zeppelin albums. It really is. It's uh, it's a little more chill. Yeah. There's it's, a lot more like proggy. It's a simpler. Proggy stuff going on in there. It's, it's simpler in terms of the instruments. It's just them stripped yeah. down with their basic gap. Yeah. And the... The, I would say his um, Robert Plant's emotional state, like all that stuff, definitely comes through in it. Um, definitely uneven album. Like there's a couple of songs, and now when I say songs that aren't great, I mean still better than 90% of anything out there. Um, but they're very much throwaway songs for Zeppelin. But uh, yeah, nobody's fault. I'm gonna go, sorry, I'm going to go my notes. So pardon my noise. I actually decided to do, I wrote my sheet in the wrong spot. So there's a couple of... Um, a couple of like, well, do you have anything else to add about this album? Like, what would track for you? Really oh, T for One. T for One, hey, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, T for One was a good one, and um, I mean, the rest of it, like you said, is no slouch. It's nope. it's really chill I like and Achilles' Last Stand. People kind of get rag on that a little bit because it's almost like their like a prototypical Zeppelin song. It's almost played out. I really like that song. Uh, Nobody's fault but mine uh, is, is great, but. As we found out, and as you know, Homer said that Jimmy Page is one of the greatest thefts of thieves of black music and 
the history of the world or whatever. I, fuck it, I wish I would have written that quote down because it's, I'm gonna, every time I do Zeppelin, I'm going to quote that quote. <laughs> but uh, because that was Nobody's Fault by, But My Own is a cover, again, of Blind Willie Johnson. Uh, oh, song, a song by the same name. See, and it didn't mention anything like that in my research. Oh. It said that the one track was by the whole band and the rest were by Paige and... So I guess they take credit for they do the rearranging it. No, they just take credit in general because that's what they did. All the, a lot of their songs are yeah. Like okay, so T for one. So my comments were T for one is a ripoff of Since I've Been Loving You. Well, it turns out that T for one was okay. As a slow slow blues jam written by Robert Plant about the problems he faced while being separated from his family, and was an attempt to update. Since I've been loving you, so that's why it sounded like it because it was in part since I've been loving you, but added on. So you had since I've been loving you, which was kind of like a simple basic one, and then later on. And it was a long song too, wasn't it? Like over eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think an eight or nine for sure. So that was kind of interesting that it was kind of a bookmark. Cause I, it actually kind of put me off at first. I'm like, oh, it's terrible. They're relying on their old work and just rehashing it, but. I, I kind of get it now that like that was purpose, it, purposefully done. Yeah, it wasn't just because they were lazy. Um, nobody's fault but mine. Like I said, a surprisingly proggy uh, kind of. They had originally set out when before before they crashed or planned to crash. They had set out to make this album was supposed to be the next one was supposed to be even harder. It was going to be even more aligned like early metal, what we would consider early metal. But when that happened, that changed. It changed the Fate whole. Stepped in. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Hey, at the top of your game. <laughs> So, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting, too, that I planted all of his vocals in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, all the, all the vocal tracks he did, everything was sitting down in a chair, and that's why he can't is not belting it out quite as loud, because yeah, he can't you get can't that. Yeah, because you don't have the lung capacity to do it. And he was hurting. And he was hurting, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I used to listen to this as a kid. Uh, yeah, some really interesting back story to this album. For sure, yeah. Like there's a, there's a lot, and like this is just like little snippets that I've picked from the yeah same here. I just kind of wrote them down in point form, all of the things that I read about. So is there any anything else that you'd like to mention? So T for one was your was your track. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I liked it, and you know just overall the whole album. The whole album, yeah. Itself. Well, I'm glad that you found a Zeppelin album you've never heard before. How fucking crazy is that? Well, there's lots of albums in that collection I've never heard before. True. I mean, I just mean in terms of like Zeppelin, Led it'd, be, Zeppelin like, it'd yeah. be like finding a new like. It's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, so. yeah, I totally agree. Uh, guess it's me. Yes. Presence, Led Zeppelin, Swan Song Catalog, SS eight four one six. This is an original pressing, Canada seventy six. The condition, uh, the cover, it's good. Uh, it's it's old. Like it's a white cover, which is just a shit magnet to begin with. It does have a yeah. little bit of a stain on the bottom, yeah. But overall, the cover of it is is in good condition. It's not ripped. Those photos inside are hilarious. It's not. It's got a bit of kind of a bit of condom mark on the back, but that's yeah, it's still bio. That's a it's solid, man. That's a good case right there. They don't make them like that all the time. Uh, sleeve, very good. It's a uh, the original. Got um, just like credits and a picture on it and shit like that. But it glues in good condition. Everything's fine. The vinyls, um, I have okay. It's kind of a catch twenty two. Because it's in great condition, it doesn't have any scratches or anything, but it has this crazy fucking warp on it, especially in the first song of each side. So side one is okay to play, it's just got a really big dip, but in side two it won't play the first probably 
two minutes of the song because it does too much of a mountain to climb and it just oh, skips and skips. Crazy. So it's a it's a catch twenty two. But if it wasn't for that, and I don't know why it's like that, it would be. So I just put okay. <laughs> so the audio is very good. It's very good. It's age is showing. It's definitely been played a lot. It, it sounded a bit worn, but I'm discovered discovered that. And a bit of a side note. <clears throat> Those Mr. Clean Magic Erasers work really well to clean the albums. And these three albums, considering that, like I said, you can hear that they're older and been played, they sound really fucking good. There was no pops or hisses or scratches or anything like that. So I'm going to keep doing that from now on. Good quality there. I'll have to get in a supply of Magic Magic, magic, magic Erasers. Magic yeah. Erasers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird that works out so well, but okay, whatever. So cover design and artwork. Here we go again. Our good friend George Hardy and and at hypnosis uh in case you're wondering who george hardy is and if you don't know for some reason you know those t-shirts you're wearing walking around with like pink floyd and zeppelin and shit and they had good covers yeah he's probably he probably did all that stuff he's a an, an english graphic designer illustrator and educator best known for his work producing cover art for albums with uh for albums with the british art group hypnosis and i partnered with uh, nta studios a little bit later on because hypnosis only ran for like as as hypnosis as a group it was only about 12 years hmm. which is fucking amazing to see in these short time frames that the all this the mark they made on the world yeah on on culture it's fucking bonkers man in and out um so notable notable covers zep one dark side of the moon and pink floyd wish you were here which is was my first pink floyd album which is an amazing cover and album uh, Hypnosis, I'll throw it down if you guys don't know, uh, was an English art group design, English art design group based in London, primarily consisted of uh, Storm Thurgerson, uh, Aubrey Powell, and Chris, oh, and Peter Christofferson, which we've all talked, we've talked about all those guys on the show already, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just said responsible for them, some of the most iconic covers ever, Pink Floyd, Zep, Black Sabbath, UFO, Bad Company, like honestly, the fucking list is forever. Um, so I'm, I got some little quick notes here. I don't usually do this, but there's, because of what the album we're dealing with, there's all this fucking information out there. So I need to get it out. So it was created by Hypnosis, with George Hardy, obviously. Features images of people interacting with a black obelisk object. It was intended to represent Zeppelin's force and presence. Both Page and Plant have said that the presence of the object in the photos made people stop and think about what is real, but what is real was reflected in the music. So if you look at it, Oh, it's crazy! I never noticed those, that black, that black object before in those photos. Yeah, that's cool. So it's like, wow, so. he really they went really full, spiritual deep dive there's into lots of stuff. lights. Yeah, there's, and... a, there's a little bit there, so, and they wanted to reflect that into the music. So, um, that's all. That's all I got for me, which is I kind of blast through that, but there's quite a bit there. Cool. So we got um, Discogs. According to them, they have sixteen for sale from ten dollars and twenty cents. One hundred and thirteen people admit that they have it <laughs> on the platform. One hundred and eighty-five admit that they want it. Wow. Um, the rating overall was four point one three out of five, with sixty-eight people <laughs> doing the rating um, across the board. Three dollars and forty cents in bad condition or in low condition, I guess. Thirteen dollars and eighty cents. $21.39 in good condition. And what would you give it? I gave it a four. Yeah, and that's like, I'm glad that people gave it at least a four. Because I saw in some of the other review places it was getting three, and that's bullshit. Oh. 
Um, yeah, it's it, a, it did not get really. You said it before though. When it first came out, people were kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, but it's it's got what happens at a lot of these albums is like over time yeah people are like oh shit this is actually kind of a pretty good album or at least it has very good songs yeah and i think that i read that somewhere along the line is that in hindsight now people think of it a lot in a lot more of a warmer regard yeah well like i said you go from well because it's definitely at the time physical graffiti too itself was a bit of an odd album in terms of another one i haven't heard Oh my god. I've heard of it. Oh really? But I'm not sure that I've ever heard it. That's what really got me. I know I think I, I think I said in Zeppelin four that was one of the that was the first one I bought and I actually think that was wrong. I think it was physical graffiti because it had cashmere on it. And mm. I fucking love that shit. That, yeah. That was what got me I had listened to Zeppelin before, but what really got me on them was cashmere. And I heard that first time, I'm like, Oh my god, yes. Like <laughs> I want more of this. Yeah. So the, yeah, anyways. So uh, what'd you give it? Four to five. Oh. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's very different for Zepp. It's a very, very big change from some of the stuff we, we come from. I think the last one we did was Zeppelin Four, and it comes yeah. down to this. It's like, oh, man, oh. I love that album. <laughs> it's, it's different, but yeah, enjoyable. Uh, recommend it. And for me, um, nobody's fault but my own. Or nobody's fault but mine. I guess would be the track that I would recommend to people, or the one T for T for one. T for one. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Zepp down. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Album number two, Electric Light Orchestra. Or <laughs> Electric Light Orchestra, or ELO, E-L-O. as I will refer to them from here on E-L-O. in. A New World Record. Um, ELO are an English rock band formed in Birmingham, England in 1970. Their sound has been referred to as a fusion of Beatlesque pop with classical arrangements. Yeah, it's definitely like... Beatles pop rock. Yeah. yeah Throw a little bit of opera in there. Yeah. Uh, they sold over 50 million records worldwide over their 14 years of active recording and touring from 72 to 86. ELO accumulated 27 top 40 songs yes. on the UK singles charts and 15 top, 15 uh, hits on the top 20 billboard uh, they hold the record for having the most Billboard Top 100s without a single number one. Wow. They were inducted into the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017. Mm-hmm. A new world record was their sixth studio album, released in 1976. On this album, they shifted to shorter pop songs, a trend that continued across their career. The album was well-received by critics some of the music press thought this was a very ambitious album and possibly the most sophisticated album that the band put out. I guess that's a personal opinion and... Yeah, I, I mean, maybe up till that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was the most complete album for sure. Uh, that's what I think, yeah. Because they had already put out a bunch of albums at this point. They've been around forever at this point. Yeah, what did I say? Formed in 76 and this came out in... Really? They were formed in 76? Or pretty, 70. Yeah, that's better. And I think this was 80, wasn't it? Or was it 70, 76? 76. Yeah, okay. Okay, so they've been around for a few years, but it's made, it took a little bit, but they got there. Um, the producer was Jeff Lynn, mm-hmm. who is a co-founder of the band. The track listing, Tightrope, Telephone Line, Rockaria, Mission, a world record. Uh, side 2 was So Fine, Living Thing. Above the Clouds, Duya, and Shangri-La. The context for this album mm-hmm. is before 
the, the album before this was Face the Music in 1975, and after this it was Out of the Blue 1977. Which kind of it always gets me confused because it's got a it's got a very similar album cover. They've taken the same idea yeah. and just kind of yeah that spaceship, bit, spaceship that brightly space colored thing, spaceship yeah. kind of thing with their initials on it, yellow. Mm-hmm. So how about you? What's your take on this album? I own this album. Did you? Yeah, you were singing every song on this one. And I have to admit, since we've listened to it the last couple of days, I keep singing like little snippets yeah. from. <laughs> A bunch of the songs. Well, it's like usually generally happy pop rock, so it's like yeah, and I'm not, I'm not surprised that you had this album because it's right well, up your alley. And part of the appeal for this for me is that combination of pop and orchestra and mm-hmm. opera. Like my favorite song probably on this album is Ricaria. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Because wow. I love the way they have that opera singer, yeah, and then the strings and okay, okay, and um, it's upbeat and yeah, yeah, the, all this music's pretty upbeat. There's no saddies on this one, and yeah, like I know all the words to the songs. I can't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I can remember s- lyrics to songs from 1976. Yeah, go figure. Isn't the brain weird like that? Um, so yeah, yeah, I really loved it. Oh, I forgot to mention, mm. the runtime on this album was 36 minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah, it was not, that's a good thing about it too, it wasn't long. Well, and it just goes back to what I said about them starting to focus on shorter, mm-hmm. shorter yeah, that, songs. Yeah, because I think before they were a little longer, proggier uh, stuff, and they started shortening their songs. I think all these songs are like... Because there's nine songs on it. Yeah, three or four minutes long at most, yeah. Now, they had a bunch of singles off this album as well. Oh, no no doubt. Uh, Telephone Line, Rock Aria, yeah. Living Thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be do ya, do ya, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah, good album. I liked it, and okay. I'm a fan of them because of, like I said, that combination of rock, pop, orchestra, opera. It's just all over. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it fills all my gut holes. I would do for for a hot track for me. It's either Living Thing or Do Ya, and it's funny because I will admit off the top with Do Ya, it's one of those songs that's been used in tons of soundtracks and you know movies, and television, and video game. I'm pretty sure Grand Theft Auto's got one or two of these songs on it. I'm trying to think which one, but Do Ya never. It's weird because it almost doesn't fit with the rest of the album. It sounds like a more of a, like a harder like classic rock song off a different album compared to the rest of the very very well produced like you said okay so the rest rock. of her more poppy and poppy yeah, yeah. like more, more rock, rock. <clears throat> yeah and i honestly i swear until i'm going to this one again i honestly would have thought do you was by a different band a totally different band oh interesting yeah i don't know who but because jeff lynn has such a distinctive voice so no totally um yeah who does fox on the run that's so that, I, I always thought that band did do you okay <laughs> you can do that anyways I'm gonna continue well you go do yours yeah. I'll go Google I had never I had, it's funny growing up with this I have dropped a needle on a couple of the singles but I had never really listened to it through and I think the second side is much stronger than the first side I enjoy the second side a lot more I have a, the only problem I have with the first side is that and it's part of the music problem um, there's a lot of little doo-wop stuff in there and I, I yeah, fucking that don't doo-wop. And a little bit of the yeah, and a little bit of the actual music too is like from those fifties. I, I don't, I don't like that. But yeah, the album's really good though. I mean, what are we gonna do? Yeah, it's just it's, filler. It's filler words. 
if someone were to ask me uh, which album is ELO, like which is the best, like this is the album. If somebody wanted to listen to ELO the first ELO the first time, it'd be take this. This is this is exactly them, a hundred percent. I'm sure they've done stuff and had more hits after that, but this is the, probably the most rounded off. So yeah, there you go. Um, Fox on the Run, a band called Sweet. Sweet, yes. I always thought it was a song by Sweet. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and once again, it's like. Dazed and confused, that comes to mind in, in an instant. So, uh, yeah, a new world record by Electric Light Orchestra, United Artist Records, catalog UA LA 679 G. This is an original and specifically uh, listed as embossed or embossed. Embossed is properly the right word. Let's feel that. Two albums now we've had. Oh, yeah, because the Zeppelin last Zeppelin one had that too. So, uh, yeah, Canada 76 uh, condition. Cover is poor. It's broken. The case is broken in half. Like, the glue is all fucked up. And so it's not going well there. But if you can re glue it, man, it's solid then. It's not ripped or torn or anything like that. So that's fine. Uh, the sleeve is excellent. There's an original cardboard with photos and lyrics. Uh, it's in good condition. The vinyl itself, other than a bit of age, it's in very good condition as well. Scratch free. And the audio, once again, very good. Decent mix. I mean, the age shows. It's been played. These albums have been played a lot. And you can kind of hear oh, that. I can understand why this one. Um, but once again, hiss, hiss and pop free. And we've, uh, yeah, the way I've cleaned the albums this time has been fantastic because it's... So, this one's a little bit uh, a little bit going on here in terms of who worked on this one, which is not surprising because... Yeah, it took you forever to do the research yesterday. So, Art Direction by a lady named Rhea Lewerke. Uh, artwork is by Bob Hickson. Photography by, uh, I don't know, it's Moshe Baraka. Moshe? Okay, anyway, let's keep going. And cover, <laughs> cover design and illustration by Kosh. That just goes by Kosh. That's just that's his name. It's Kosh. Yeah, it's too bad there wasn't a spot on Wikipedia or someplace where you could plug the name in. And, oh, I'm pretty sure there is. And get the phonetic. I'm gonna, to I, say I thought about that. I'm going to start doing that, I think. Um, eh, whatever. Yeah. Just call him, call him Moshe. Anyways, uh, anyways, Rhea. I think it's Moshe, but anyways. Yeah, Moshe, okay. Uh, Rhea, uh, her website is RiaImages.com. Uh, currently president and creative director at, well, I like calling it R-I-A Images, but it's Rhea Images. <laughs> Rhea has worked with uh, many labels and artists throughout her 40-year career. Um, combined with the, the, the website or the, the studio, she has over 410 credits to her name. Uh, wow. with, with such artists as John Lee Hooker, uh, Bobby Womack, Rob Thomas, Leo Sayer. Like, there's still some relatively early 2000s stuff. So, it's been. So, we may have talked about her before. Yeah, I was thinking that about that. <clears throat> I was thinking a about Leo that. Leo Sayer album. Yeah, totally. And uh, some of the other uh, albums on there. That's kind of the hard part about it doesn't always tell you if you because you have to have that specific version that's listed there. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think we've covered her before. Uh, Bob Hickson, um, his website didn't work. Nothing on Instagram. Um, Bob is an illustrator, designer, with 50 credits to his name. Uh, Ike and Tina Turner, Bootsy's Rubber Band, and Joe Walsh. Just to name, just to name a couple. Bootsy's Rubber Band, hey? Yeah. I love it. I love Bootsy. Okay, and Moshe, uh, have that the word to go with? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Neither of his websites work, but he's a well-known photographer and has worked with some of the biggest names in the entertainment industry. And like I said, not just music, movies as well. Um, well known for his series of photos. It's called um, 
his gallery, the gallery or the exhibit was called Occupation Dreamer, which is pretty good. But it was a series of photos taken between 75 and 88. And it was a mix of ba not just bands that would shape music from coming out of L.A., but um, uh, part of a series called The Real Women of L.A. I don't know if it was just like groupies of those women or are women... Groupies women of the musicians. band? Yeah, the groupies of the band or, or, or women musicians or what. But there's some actually really fucking good photos there. Once again, I understand why he's so been so prolific and getting... I think they're all black and white photos for the most part, too. Oh, interesting. But yeah, some really cool stuff again. And like I said, I, I just feel like I'm skipping over some of these... Um, some of, some of these uh, artists. Uh, I'm trying to get back to where he was now. Okay, he's got a, over 150 credits to his name. Uh, Devo, Robert Palmer, Billy Preston, Neil Young. And chances are we've talked about him before I, as well. You know, once again, I think so. When I'm doing these, I'm like, oh, God, this seems familiar. Because we've done a Robert Palmer album already. Mm -hmm. And Kosh or Kosh or whatever he wants to call himself is an English art director, album cover, al album cover designer, graphic artist, and doc uh, producer and director. Rose to prominence in the mid-60s while designing for the Royal Ballet and the Royal Opera House in, obviously, the UK. Um, he was a creative director for the Beatles on, on the Abbey Road album. Part of AGI. Ah, uh, yeah. again. Again, yeah, here we go. Got over 400 credits to his name. Worked with uh, Yoko and uh, John. The Who, Humble Pie. Honestly, it's one of those ones I could just write down names with the Beatles, obviously. Yeah. So it's just like fucking forever. Um, so my notes for this album, I said it has a few really good songs, and I put the Beatles question mark. Yeah. Because like uh, people, if you're wondering why, because we're, we're when we're doing it, we generally don't talk about a lot of the stuff. So that's why sometimes my, my notes are out of order because we've kind of come across it already. Well, then we're we're kind of listening to the records two and three times. Yes. Yeah. So you know, as you go through them again, you think of other things that you want to. Yeah, totally, and that's it. That's what I, I've noticed that like see all of my little notes get down the side it's like oh shit i didn't write that in there yeah okay so we want to wrap yours part up um discogs has 29 of them for sale from a dollar 29 1509 people have it 84 want it the average rating was 3.92 out of 5 with 118 people weighing in the prices on this album in low medium and high quality are a dollar 53 five dollars and 41 cents and eleven dollars yeah, I would imagine there's millions of these fucking copies out there. <laughs> millions of these. These are uh, popular albums. Uh, well, they sold a lot, yeah. So what'd you give it? I got a four to five. Mm, okay. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? That's good. At least we're not giving zeros and ones. Uh, I gave it 3.5. 3.5, hey. Yeah. Uh, I actually had given it just a three before, but when we listened to it a couple of times, like, it was like, oh, okay, I, I know... I knew a lot of the songs, but the songs that I liked on there were pretty good, so... 3.5. Yeah, it's my favorite ELO album, and again, I did own it when it came out. I'm pretty sure the other one's going to be in this collection, too, the one after this. Yeah. So, okay. Because I just oh. quickly looked through the names of all the other albums, mm -hmm. and this is the only one that really sticks out. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, it's, this uh, was probably their best-selling the album. yeah. Okay, um, them, them, them ELO guys. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe there's Gal in there. Those folks are down. Yeah, I don't know whether they'd be classified as permanent members of the band, but yeah, like in the definitely other okay. That opera woman was there. All right. Okay, so the third album, Fog Hat by Fog Hat. 
Um, well, I don't mind self-titled albums. It's the fact that they did a second self-titled album right after that. Well, the second the second self-titled album that they called Fog Hat in brackets had rock and roll or... Oh, there was there was some other yeah, indicator. Yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> after that was Fog Hat, Rock and Roll, 1973. Okay, so they're stealing your thunder. <laughs> oh, that's okay. okay. That's all right. Because um, I would have mentioned it at some point. Uh, Fog Hat is an English rock band formed in London in 1971. Now that surprised me yep. because yeah, should I say it now or should I wait? No, let's the just get, there's so little information. Let's just fucking go. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so we listened to this album, and I always thought that Foghat was an English band, but when we listened to this album, I thought they were from this like the southern. Yeah, rock it was like an offshoot of Leonard Skinner or something like that. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was really kind of surprising and. Unsettling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you know what? Let's just just do the if you want to do the song the track listings because yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, so the band was formed in 1971, okay, okay, yeah. okay. and it was known for their use of the electric slide guitar, which probably gives it that southern rock. Yeah, and that's us um, doing that. <laughs> they have produced eight gold, one platinum, one double platinum, and they continue to record and perform despite several lineup changes. Their first two studio... Oh, this is their first mm -hmm. studio album. Yep. And the second one named Foghat. Or the first one named Foghat. The second one was named Foghat. Anyways. They're both named Foghat. Yeah. This is one of their debut albums released in 1972. Mm -hmm. Producer was Dave Edmonds, a Welsh singer, songwriter, oh, yeah. guitarist, actor, and record producer who has had a pretty substantial solo career on his own. Yeah, for sure. And has written songs recorded by other artists like Elvis Costello, Juice Newton, and Nick Lowe. Who didn't we, wasn't he just involved in one of the ones with, um, uh, anyways, I thought that we just had something where he had collaborated yeah, with the Bob name Dylan sounded or something. Very, very oh, there's going to be like half a dozen Dave Edmonds albums in that collection. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh yeah, there's a lot in there. Huh, okay. Um... Dave Evans also played guitar on this album. Oh, did he? Yeah. Crazy. Okay, track listing. Yeah. I Just Want to Make Love to You, which was an actually an original song written by Willie Dixon. Yeah, once again, stealing that music. Trouble, Trouble. At least they gave him credit. Yeah. Uh, Leave In Again, Fool's Hall of Fame, and Sarah Lee. Side two is Highway, in brackets, Killing Me. Uh, Maybelline, which is originally a Chuck Berry Chuck song. Berry. A Hole to Hide In, and Gotta Get to Know You. Yeah. Um, so I Just Want to Make Love to You was a cover, so was Maybelline, and so was Gotta Get to Know You. Yeah, which is fucking crazy that the best songs on this album, or really is one, just really one best song on this album, which is their hit. Which isn't even theirs. Which is, no, which is, that's, that's my point, is that it's, the best song's not even theirs. Yeah. Like, without, without them, with just their writing skills, but if you take away their... The cover songs is a fucking garbage album. Yeah, I was really very disappointed in this. Yeah, no shit. This is this, I, I, I was the first song. You're like, then, yeah, fucking love that yeah. song, and then you get into the rest of it, and it's like, oh no. Yeah, here we are. It's like this super generic southern rock garbage. It oh was my god. Like, yeah. And it's a, it's not it's so totally it's not that they're they're terrible musicians. It's just it was so generic. It could it could have been any fucking band that did that song. All the rest the rest of the album. Well, then I, I, like, I kind of see Foghat as a hard-driving rock band. Yeah, and, and a lot of that stuff was not. It No, it was southern... Southern twangy... 
kind of yeah I, I yeah it was it was it was off but yeah it was very disappointing but um, very very disappointing so yeah okay so I guess I'm gonna do mine and we'll get this done with so fog hat fog hat Bearsville catalog br two zero seven seven Canada seventy two condition the cover it is a very good condition considering how much it got used a little no bit wonder. of a little bit of a condom mark at the top by fog hat um, sleeve is plain paper it's old vinyl's very good scratch and scuff free it played fine sounded fine. No pops, no hiss. The sound field, it was it was fine. Everything, it, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> That's all you can describe Fogat as. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any credits for the cover art. So, that's really weird. Yeah. It's not often that comes up. I think they could probably count to one hand how many times it's happened. Nowhere was it listed, so, meh. Um, so, I'm just going to look at my notes real quick. I know you've got to do your thing. Uh... The only good song, cover songs, everything is generic. Okay, got nothing else. I'm done. Um, when, a couple of things about the album cover is that the font on the back, it sucks so bad. Oh, yeah, totally. When I it's look, hard like, to read. It's fancy. Fuck. Yeah. Well, it's not just fancy, too. It's italicized. So it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I don't know why they would have chose that font for the back of the album. And something that I like about it is their little smoking man. No, I love that. And that's what kind of pisses me off about the whole thing is because I, even their little fog hat logo itself and then the little guy in the hat with the smoke. Yeah, that's like iconic imagery. I've seen that. I love it. And then you look Yeah, because that fog hat, re they named themselves after, um, you know, when they were going to get high, weed. they were going to go get their fog hat 420 on. 420 bra. Yeah, so, their fog hat on. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not music I would get high to. No, no. I think I'd rather listen to the Zeppelin album to get high. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, context. This context. context. This was yeah. their first album. First one, yeah. And so, what was the one after this? Oh yeah, Foghat. Yeah, it was called Foghat. In brackets, rock and roll. So this is the non. And, and they roll. released it in 1973. Um, I do you think there's more Foghat in this collection? No, I don't. So I, I, don't I might just have to go appease myself and look at some other Fog Hat albums after this. Give it some time though. I, there might be. And see if uh, it's it's all as disappointing as <laughs> I found this first album. Yeah. Um, yeah, and considering the kind of the music that they've put out, it's disappointing. Yep. Anyways, Discogs has five for sale from $13.60. Uh, 279 people have it. 50 want it. The average rating on this album was 4 Oh, four point oh seven, with twenty seven people. Four five. Get the fuck out of here, people. Um, the various dollar values that you can get for this album are four, four dollars, seven dollars, and forty seven cents, mm -hmm. and in good condition, forty two dollars and eighteen. Forty two dollars. I I I don't understand people. I don't get it. No. No. Uh, I. What the fuck are you paying forty dollars for this album? I'll get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing on this album worthwhile. Yeah. Well, for us, anyways. Uh, whatever. Others, may, others obviously disagree. For forty-two, no, there's nothing forty-two dollars on here. Okay, I give it one point five out of five. Oh, that's funny. I'm I'm bouncing somewhere between zero and one. <laughs> I love that that one, the one hit they have off of here. Yeah. Oh, who doesn't? That's a great. That's a fucking yeah, yeah. great classic rock song on like a million soundtracks. Written what? by a by a black dude. Yeah, of course. Once again, from a, from the background of a blues. So why don't we just rename the show to cultural appropriation? <laughs> because it, all it is is white musicians have stolen black music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome back to our newest episode of cultural appropriation. 
Starring Led Zeppelin. And Fawcett. And Fawcett. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure we could pull another... Stones. 50 bands out of yeah. it. <laughs> Anything out of the uh, British in America in the 70s? Okay, so it's Friday, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a good weekend. Who knows what this is going to post, but have a good weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Bye.